see those of you here tonight that have come, and uh, uh, we got a lot of them, I understand, are out sick. The flu is kind of running rampant around here, and strep and all that unkind stuff, but I know a God who heals. I know a God who delivers. I know a God who makes a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. And that's who we've come to worship tonight. We've come to just honor him and just open our hearts and let the Holy Spirit do in us and for us and through us tonight what he wants to do. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him and what he wants to do in our hearts and lives tonight. I want to go to the Lord in prayer. Let me get a my, my notes now right on the back of them. Uh, let's remember Pastor and his family. Uh, tonight that God will touch and heal them and uh, so we want to pray a hedge of protection around the pastor uh, I firmly believe in that as a child of God we have that right and we need to hold those our leadership we need to hold them all up in prayer every day and so let's remember brother Stacy uh, brother Marcus sister Stacy I'll get it right sorry guys uh, uh, Miss Brianna and Miss Natalie and Miss Annabelle, uh, that they will get better and get healed. And uh, I talked to him today. Do what? And Julie's sick tonight, so we want to remember the, her as well. Uh, I talked to Brother Marcus because he was he is going headed to the doctor, and so he asked me, you know, could I get prepared? And I said, sure, I'll fill in for you. I don't mind. And uh, but uh, we had prayer. Uh, right before the doctor came to see him and I just really felt the presence of the Lord as I prayed for him and uh, just held him up and just to believe in God to do things I did tell him the doctor said he had to go home and rest and I said you go home and rest you hear me brother Marcus rest I know it, that's that's hard to do I trust me I do not like being laid up and, and that's just especially nice weather it's like oh have you got to be kidding me you know, but it, it, it's hard, but rest and, and sleep will, will do a lot of wonders, and God can, God can heal in the middle of our sleep. So let's remember them, Sister Judah. Now, anybody else have a request would you like to mention before we can pray to you about? <coughs> yes, Kathy? Okay. Okay. Kathy's here. All right. Another one? All righty. Remind me of your name one more time. Linda. Oh, boy. You got another one. <laughs> That's good. Uh, remember Linda? Uh, that the Lord will be with us Monday, you said? So we want to remember that. God is able to uh, heal. He's able to deliver. He's able to give us the peace that we need uh, on rough days. Anyone else? All right, let's stand together and go to the Lord in prayer and invite his presence in this place tonight and just, just open up our hearts to him and let's just start tonight just letting go and letting God do what he wants to do in our hearts and lives tonight. Father God, as we come before the throne of grace, we want to give you honor and glory and praise for you are the Lord God Almighty. We serve you because we love you, Father. 
And we know that you love us and we know that you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all we are able to ask or think according to the power that works in us. That is your word. And I thank you, Father God, that everything going on in our lives tonight, you are very well aware of what's happening. Lord, nothing is taking you by surprise. Nothing has, has snuck up on you because you've seen it coming for days. You've seen it coming for years. You see the beginning from the end. And you know, Lord God, what we as your people are going through, what we are going to go through. But Father, you have already made a way. Because of Jesus on the cross of Calvary, because of his death, because of his resurrection, we have life and it more abundantly. Because of his resurrection, we have healing, we have deliverance, we have the ability to overcome every uh, attack of the enemy that in the name of Jesus, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Uh, Satan, you are defeated. You were defeated at Cal Calvary. You were, it was sealed and delivered unto his resurrection and you are a defeated foe. You have to bow your knee to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for we have done it willingly but you will do it one day and all of creation will see you humbly bow yourself before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and declare him to be Lord God Almighty. And Father, we just thank you for that victory we have tonight. Father, we just ask you, Lord, to touch. Lord, continue. Lord, just touch Brother Marcus, Sister Stacy, and the girls tonight. May I pray healing. Lord, instantaneous healing. God, I rebuke this uh, strep virus. I rebuke all of this sickness over their lives that's attacking them. Lord, your word declares that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And I pray, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, that healing and deliverance fill that parsonage tonight, Father God. That healing and, and restoration of bodies and, and spirits be, re, be uh, renewed in their lives tonight. Father, we pray, Lord, for Sister Julie as well. Lord, touch her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Father God, I declare in the name of Jesus that she is healed, she is whole in the name of Jesus, and by his stripes she it was and is healed. And Father God, we just believe that for we rebuke everything attacking her body as well. Father God, we pray for Kathy Lord and for Michael tonight. Father God, I plead the blood of Jesus uh, over their lives. I plead the blood of Jesus over their spirits. Uh, I bind the powers of Satan that are trying to kill, steal, and destroy and declare unto you, Satan, that you are commanded in the name of Jesus to cease and desist your nonsense and your destructive power in his life. In the name of Jesus, you take your hands off of him and you let him go free in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, Father, I pray for Linda, Lord, for what she's about to face, Lord, this Monday. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will just move. You are the way maker. Father God, when we don't see the way, when we don't see a way out, when we don't understand how it's going to come to pass, Father God, you've already taken care of it because through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. And Father, we're claiming for her, God, that whatever this situation is, that Father, you are walking ahead of her, that you are 
clearing out every obstacle, that you are providing the answer tonight, even now, Father. That answer is hers in the name of Jesus. Uh, Father, God, guide and direct us tonight as we study your word. Guide and direct us as we worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, help us to let go and let you have your way in our hearts and lives tonight, Father. And we pray, give you the praise and the honor and the glory for it in Jesus' name. And all of the church said, amen. Amen. I don't know how we're going to do music, but let's go. <laughs> I'm leaning on your everlasting arms. So close to you that I can hear your heart. Nothing else can separate me from your love. I'm leaning on your everlasting arms In the morning I am there with your mercy In the evening I am wrapped in your love There's no end to your reach There's no place I'd rather be I'm leaning on your everlasting arms
Bible declares for the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air to meet the Lord and so shall we ever be with him. I don't know about you but I got folks up there that I know and love that are already there. I got people that I know went to heaven that God welcomed them in when they passed from this life told you this before but when my mother passed it was a relief for me to see her not suffer anymore and I knew that I knew that I knew she was starting on the best life she had ever lived in all of her existence and the same is true for you and I tonight church it's a hope do not fear the coming of the Lord it is not for the child of God to fear. That is what Jesus said. He said, when you see these signs come to pass, lift up your head, for behold, your redemption draweth nigh. What we're waiting for now, we are saved, we are delivered, but there is a day when this, this body, will, the apostle Paul says, this mortal will put on immortality. This corruptible will put on incorruption. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more diseases. There'll be no more heartaches. There'll be no more headaches because all things are going to be made new. Hang on. Sometimes we got to do that. We just got to, like the old cat that's at the end of the rope, he's got all four claws in each paw just grasps into that rope hanging on because who knows how far the drop is if he lets go. Jesus is our rope. And when I can't hold on anymore, I will tell you this. I believe this with all of my heart. The Lord Jesus Christ will come up to us and come up behind us. And when we can't lift up and we can't walk ourselves, He will lift us up. He will carry us. It is His strength. It is His might. It is His power that we live. It's His grace. Remember something. I heard this the other day, and I may have said it to you all before. It may have happened before 
uh, we left, but uh, I heard a preacher talking about us, and when we think about grace, the thing we usually say, it's unmerited favor. But let me tell you something. There's a better definition of grace. It is God's empowerment to His children to live this Christian life that He has called us to live. Paul says, by grace I am saved. God's empowerment saves me. By grace I stand. I am who I am by the grace of God. It's His empowerment in me. Paul writes one of the one of the prayer was that we pray in the morning or that I pray over my wife. You know, I, I repeat uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28 over her. I prayed that over her, that she is blessed and favored of the Lord. She is blessed in her going out, in her coming in. She is blessed in her rising up and her lying down. She is blessed in the city and in the country. The work of her hands is blessed. The things she sets her hands to prospers. She is the head and not the tail. She is above and not beneath. She is more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves us. She is able to do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And she is strengthened with might by His Spirit in her inner man. Why? Because that's His Word. That's his empowerment to enable us to live this Christian life. And that's not my sermon. I'm not even started yet. I'm telling you, that's for free. That's for free. Why? Because God is a good God. Don't let the world feed you that baloney, oh, well, God does this and God did all this. And if God, you know, yeah, yeah. Quit your whining and belly aching and realize that God is God and he knows what he's doing. And he does everything well. God never makes a mistake. There, there's a song I, I listen to Caleb a lot. There's a song that a guy sings. I can't remember who it is, but uh, he, he sings this song that we are here at this point in time because God intended for us to be here. You and I are alive today because this is where God wants us. God doesn't make mistakes. Have you ever thought about God? Did you really mess this one up? No, he never messed anything. I can mess it up. Faith and I have been lately, Lord, did we just miss it? You know, you try to do something, and it seems like you take two steps forward, and you slide two steps back, you know, and it's like, okay, Lord, what are you trying to tell us here? But you know something I believe with all of my heart? God has an appointed time for everything in our life. I want to repeat that. God has an appointed time for everything in our life. Our main focus is to be in step with Father God not going the children of Israel how many times I've been my, I've started reading through the Bible and it's like I'm going through Genesis not Genesis but Leviticus and, and Numbers getting into Deuteronomy I'm into Joshua and Judges but it's like God in all of his mercy did not destroy the children of Israel but what you read is you watch them they, I'm in, in the part of Joshua. I mean, I think I'm in Judges now. I can't remember. I think I'm in Judges. But it's interesting to me that there's a judge comes along. Well, that first what it starts off with, they backslide and start going after the idols of the land. God specifically told them to leave alone. 
Let me tell you something. If God said it was wrong in the Old Testament, honey, it's wrong today. God has not changed his mind. God has not altered his way of thinking. If it's wrong, then it's wrong now. Doesn't mean we beat people over the head that are involved in things that we know God says are wrong. We need to love them. We need to be patient with them. And we need to do our best to live the life of God's love and his life and his word in front of them every day. Because I'm, I'm convinced of this. If we will be where God wants us to be, if we will do what God wants us to do, God will take our lives and it will speak to them without us saying a word. And then when we do open our mouth, our words will confirm the life that we are living. You've got to talk the talk and you have to walk the walk. There's no other way to do it. I'll hit that in just a minute but in my sermon. But that's the way we've got. If we're going to talk the talk, we have to walk the walk because you can be assured that if you claim to be something, there is going to come a trial. There is going to come a test that will prove to you and to everybody else around you whether you've got the goods or not. Why am I being tested, Lord? So you know exactly where you are. Remember Peter? Sorry. You remember Peter? Jesus told him, you're going to you're not going to deny. Peter's, no, 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 not me, not me. I'll not deny you. Jesus looks at him and said, Peter, before that rooster crows three times, in, before that rooster crows in the morning, you will have denied me three times. And Peter said, no, not me. I won't do it. I know I won't do it. What did he do? The very thing that Jesus told him he would do. The Bible says that rooster crowed and Peter went out and wept bitterly. Why? Peter was trying to live his Christian life by himself. Peter was trusting in Peter. I'm a disciple. I can't do wrong. Jesus is kind of saying, you want to bet? I'm going, to, I'm going to warn you ahead of time, Peter. You're going to do this. And Peter, not me. I'm not going to do that. I promise, Lord, I'll, I'll be faithful. I'm, how many times do you and I do that? Lord, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to do good. I'm going to do better next time. Do we or don't we? We have that choice to make. My message tonight now, after those sermons, is going to be asking and receiving. How many of you know Mark eleven twenty four? Mark eleven twenty four says, <coughs> "Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him." I've heard this preached as a name it and claim it, blab it and grab it gospel. But I find some other verses that go along with that that kind of give us some insight into what God requires before he answers prayer. God has conditions. 
Now, His love, His mercy, His grace, all of that is unconditional. But God, even with the children of Israel, made them a promise. If you will do what I have told you to do, Moses reminded them before he died. Joshua reminded them of, of those ordinances before he died. And the sad story is, after Joshua dies, the children of Israel turn their back on God. God was fair. God told them through Moses. He told them through Joshua. They wrote those down. They're supposed to read them every year. God told them, if you will serve me, if you will follow me, I will drive out your enemies before you. You will, be con you will conquer them. You will take the whole land that I have promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But if you don't, God is that fair. He said, if you don't, then I will let your enemies overtake you and rob you and steal everything you've got. You go back, you read the book of, uh, of Numbers, you read the book of Deuteronomy, and you read the book of Joshua and Judges. What do we find? We find that they were trying to do it in their own strength, and they failed at it miserably. But there's a, good, there's a good part to that story. Every time they called on God, God forgave them. God sent the judges. God sent deliverers to give them peace for a while. And when things got good, what did they do? Went right back to the pig pen. The Apostle Paul says, Why have you so easily forsaken the way that you were taught about? I can't remember which church he was telling them that. But he said, Why have you turned away from what you were taught? Why did you go back to the beggarly elements of this world? Why? There's not a, there, in one of the, the, the stories I read, uh, God said, I can't remember who all was involved, it was children of Israel, but anyway, they had bowed down to this other God. And God sent the, the, the man of God to them and says, go ask the God you're serving to, to bail you out. I'm not going to. Because God knew that everything else that calls itself God, everything else that magnifies itself above the knowledge of God is a lie and it's a deception and it will kill and steal and destroy. But God said, you believe in your old gods over there? Just follow that little rascal and ask him to help you out and see what happens. Elijah on Mount Carmel. I may get to this, I may not. Elijah on Mount Carmel made a statement to the children of Israel. He brought the prophets of Baal up there. He said, we're going to have a contest. We're going to sit there and we're going to lay out altars and we're going to sacrifice, we're going to sacrifice animals and we're going to lay those, those cut up animals on the altar and the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And Elijah said, all right, you prophets of Baal, you get to go first. They started in the morning. They did their little, who knows, I don't. It's probably, probably like what they call dancing today, I don't know. But they did all their hollering and screaming. About noontime, lunchtime, Elisha said, maybe you ought to holler a little bit louder. Maybe he's asleep or he went on vacation or had to go out to the little boy's room. And the, the Bible says that they got to the place that they were literally cutting their bodies 
to get the God of Baal to answer. And about time of the evening sacrifice, Elijah, and I'm paraphrasing, says, all right, boys, you've had your time. You've had your chance. Now shut up and listen. And the Bible says that Elijah prayed and fire came down from God out of heaven. And it consumed the sacrifice. And it consumed everything around that sacrifice. And he said, let the God that answers by fire be God. And they said, what you have said we will do. Not only did Joshua, not, not only did Elisha help them. And Elijah, I'll get him right here in a minute. Not only did Elijah do that. But when that was all said and done, he killed all 450 prophets of Baal. Right there. Every last one of them. Why? Because sin cannot be allowed to rule and reign in our lives. Not even the smallest one. Amen. It's the little foxes, Jesus said, that spoil the vine. It's the little things. Jesus also said, if you cannot be fair and you cannot be uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, if you can't do your job right with the little stuff you sure ain't going to do it the big stuff if God cannot depend upon you for the little things then God is not going to ask you to do the big things it's big things I don't know if y'all maybe y'all know maybe you don't I'm now supervisor at work, working supervisor. What do I look at on the three guys that work for me? I look for their willingness to get up and get something done when I say, okay, guys, let's get this taken care of. I'm looking for how quick they get up out of their chair and get going with the program. I'm looking for how much they think ahead about the job that they're doing. I've been there for nine years. I'm going. This is my tenth year with with the city of Ada. I look at how they take care of our cemetery. Are you thinking what it's going to look like when you buy drive that backhoe full of dirt across a big stretch of of our property and it's been raining for the last four or five days? You want to know something? A backhoe with a buck front end bucket full of dirt will make a cotton-picking big mess. There's ways to do it. And I, and I told the guys the other day, I said, look, I said, when it comes to this wet property, I want the least evidence that we've been on it that we can do. Now, sometimes you can't help it, but sometimes, you know, and we have to, I know that, I know that cemetery property like the back of my hand. I can pretty well, you give me a block and I'll find it pretty quick now. Well, and so the first year I started, I was, I was wandering around like a chicken with a head cut off. But I can find where I'm going. I know those areas that are going to hold water way longer than any other place in that cemetery. You don't even drive a riding mower across it. We'll, you'll be sunk and we'll be taking the backhoe and dragging you and the, and the mower out and making a big mess while we're doing it. I know that. Why? Because I've been there long enough. But what, what is God looking for? Let's put this in God's. What is God looking for? Faithfulness. In the big things and in the little things. In the way that you deal with your neighbor, all the way to the, the way you deal with the president of this United States. You do not have to agree with him. 
You do not have to agree with their policies, but we are required by God to pray for them. And I'm not so sure God didn't say we couldn't pray them out of office and, you know, whatever. <laughs> Lord, move them. God says, I put kings in place and I take kings out of their place. But it doesn't, we are to pray. We are to respect them. Drive down any place. I drive the turnpike from west side of Arbuckle Lake to get up there and get on Chickasaw Turnpike, Highway 301 now. I go, the speed limit is 65 mile an hour. You drive 65 mile an hour and they will run you over. It's like, all righty. We started, uh, we were working earlier this Sunday. We were going to work earlier because it was so hot. And I just got used to the alarm going off 530 in the morning, so I just leave. It gives me time to get up do my Bible reading, my Bible reading plan, do that, and, you know, so get clean up, get ready, kind of get my mind, you know, what are we doing today, what, what I need to get taken care of when I get to work, and, and those type of things. But I leave somewhere around 6.30. I don't have to be working at 7.30. It takes 40 to 45 minutes. I set the cruise control somewhere about 67, something like that. I just go, my, gas, my car gets better gas mileage when I set it there. If I do 70, it, it uses more gas. So I set it there, and that's how I drive. You know, and they get, you can tell, they're getting irritated because next thing you know, Robert, they're sitting there mm, right up behind you. It's like, and me, I'm sorry, I want to slam on the brakes so hard and say, what's this, smart britches? I want to scare the far out of you. You know, it's like, hey, you want to kill yourself? As soon as I get a spot where you can go around, you take off and go. I've had them pass me on an uphill curve. Uh-huh. Have no clue what is coming around that curve. And I have seen some close calls, people doing that. Why? Because they're in too big of a hurry. They don't respect that speed limit sign. It's up there for a reason. It is not a suggestion. If you're late for donuts, maybe you ought to leave 15 minutes early so you get there first to get your donut. I don't know what they're doing, you know. But here's what the Word says about asking and receiving. Now, how many of you believe that God is true? When He tells us something, because these are the words of Jesus. In my Bible, they're in red. Now, He talked about they were going and they saw a fig tree. They were going into Jerusalem. The fig tree was probably, they say, this is what I looked up and this is what I'm told, so I'm going to go with it. Uh, Research it some more if there's some other information. But a fig tree will put on its leaves before it puts on its fruit. Now the Bible says Jesus was hungry. He saw the fig tree. It was full of leaves and he went up to it and there's no fruit on it. And Does everybody know what he did to it? He cursed it. Bible says they went in. He overrun through the money changers. Do you know what? And I had read this. I hadn't didn't hadn't really thought about this before. But when Jesus ran the money, you know where the money changers were at? They were in the court of the Gentiles. 
They had taken the court of the Gentiles over where God had said, Gentiles can come and worship me. This is where I want them to come. This is where I want a house of prayer to be for you and for them. Now he separated them, but he said, the Gentiles, this is, they had taken over the, te the temple of the Gentiles and they made it nothing more than a den of robbers and thieves. They, 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 they cheated on the exchange rate. They, they brought insufficient and in, uh, what's the word? Nah, that I'm looking for. They were, they were animals, defective animals. When God required a sacrifice, that sacrifice had to be pure. It had to be perfect. It had to be whole. There could not be one thing wrong with that animal. And they were selling the worst of the lot. They were selling the runs. They were selling the crippled ones. They were selling all this at exorbitant prices. And Jesus, in his righteous indignation, chased them out of there. And he said, you have made this place that my father should be a call a house of prayer. You've made it a den of thieves. And now get out. What did he do? He not only chased them out, he challenged the authority of the high priest because the high priest had to allow that business to go on. He challenged the system. He challenged the establishment. And he drove them out. And the Bible says about this little incident that the chief priests and elders plotted how they would kill him, but they could not because they were afraid of the people. Why? Because the people had seen the power of God. The very bunch that they should have seen the power of God out of was insufficient. They were on vacation. They were in absentia. They were off the grid. They didn't care. The ones that were supposed to be feeding them, the ones that were supposed to be teaching them was money-grubbing thieves. Jesus cursed that fig tree. And there are those that, that in a commentary I read that said that, that was indicative of what he was doing. It was because of the fact that Israel had become so they had become so degenerate that he was going to curse even the very things they held dear. He said, the day will come when there will not be one stone left upon another on this temple. And in the year A.D. 70, Titus and his army leveled Jerusalem and leveled the temple and all that was going on. Now, I believe if I understand what little I hear and little I see, they're starting to get that back together. Why? Because God said they would. Duh. Sorry. God said they would. It shows us that the end of time is coming. The songwriter says, we've seen a lot. We've seen like we've waited a long time. But let me tell you, church, if we have to wait another 500 years, it still does not mean that Jesus is not coming. I like little, I, like, I don't call them little. They were probably nice young men. But I like them because they said to Nebuchadnezzar, Listen, we're not going to bow down to your king. God's able to deliver us, but even if he don't. Now, there's another sermon in all of itself. Even if you don't, there's a song that says, If my daylight never dawns, if my breakthrough never comes, I'm going to find a way to praise God. 
They told Nebuchadnezzar the king, they said, King, you've got your fire. You throw us in there. We know it means instant death. We know that's what will happen. But God is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down to your stupid idol. You know the story. Nebuchadnezzar looks out there and he starts hollering, Hey, 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 hey. Wait, come here, come here, come here. You know, I really think it is. What's his response? Didn't we throw three of those guys in there? They did. The Bible says the guys that threw them in there died because the heat was so bad. Did we not throw three? Yes, sir, boss. We, 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 we did three. There was three of them boys. We threw them in there. But what did Nebuchadnezzar say? I see four. And the fourth looks like the Son of God. Why? Because it was. That fire heated seven times hotter than it was supposed to have ever been heated before was nothing more than an air-conditioned room for those three Hebrew children. Why? Because the God of all creation walked in the middle of that furnace and he got everything and he surrounded them boys and the fire didn't touch them, didn't singe a hair, didn't, they didn't even smell like smoke. Nebuchadnezzar had a change of heart. Why? Because they were faithful. Jesus said, ask. When you ask, whoever says to this mountain, because they looked at the fig tree, they come back, wow, Lord is dead. Jesus is like going, duh. I mean, I know disrespect to Jesus, but it's like he knew it was going to die the minute he cursed it from the root. The Bible says it died from the root up. Lord Jesus is dead. And he's going, uh-huh. But then he goes to this deal, when you pray, you believe that you receive, you will get what you ask for. But there's conditions. John chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. Jesus says, on that day you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask your father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until you have, now you have asked for nothing in my name, ask and you will receive so that your joy may be full. All right, that goes along with this, name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. Yeah, you know, sounds good. Y'all pardon me. Me and my folks have been having fun today. Go back, let's go to James chapter 4. Now we start finding some more conditions. James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. Didn't kill anybody. Uh, did you talk bad about their character to somebody and try to ruin their character? That's just as bad. Did you try to make somebody else look worse than you are? Oh, look, you know, look and see how that faith is. Did you know that woman? She's got the biggest mouth on the planet. She's got the biggest laugh. She, you know, her, my, my brother, and, and no, no disrespect to my brother. He, he was on an aircraft carrier and his hearing got bothered. When faith laughs, it nearly kills him. I mean, he grabs his ears because it just nearly splits his head wide open. Or my granddaughters go to squealing. You may know how granddaughters squeal. Oh, goodness. But it does, you know. But the thing about that is, you, they, they, you, they, we, we ask him, we have these things going on. He said, you commit murder. You talk bad about people. 
You do your best to destroy their character. You do your best to destroy what they've done at work. Well, they didn't do that. That was actually my idea. No, it wasn't. I've seen that happen. Hopefully not from Christians. But the thing that I want us to understand, James said, you don't have you lust. Now there's the first problem. You're wanting something that's not good for you. You're wanting something that belongs to somebody else, their position, their bank account, their whatever. And you don't have, so you commit murder. And you are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. How many of you know envy and jealousy is one of the worst things on the planet? It will destroy relationships. It will destroy lives. It will destroy the person that is envious and jealous. You do not have because you do not ask. I've done that to my kids. Dad can, I said, can you what? Uh, well, uh, I said, and, and I'm just one of those kind. Okay, spit it out. <laughs> the longer you hem haw around about it, the probably the the more likely your chances are you're going to get no. If you got a question, ask it. God is the same way. How many times do we do God that? God, I, I really would like. You know, we're kind of like the little kid. And, you know, they shuffle their feet and, and they really want something, but they're afraid to ask. preaching to somebody tonight the Bible says we have confidence to go come boldly before the throne of grace he said you don't have because you don't ask verse 3 he says you ask and don't receive why because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend what you request on yourself what is sin S-I-N, self-indulgent nature. I want to cut in front of you so I'm going to speed like my behind's on fire so I can be ahead of you going down the interstate. Knock yourself out, slick. You know what I have noticed? I've heard this, but I've noticed it. At the end of the Chickasaw Turnpike, there is a stop sign. Some of those little brazen rascals that are in such a hurry, by the time I get up there, I pull up right behind them. <laughs> well, that got you somewhere in a hurry, didn't it? <laughs> Why? Selfishness is not of God. So he says, you don't have, you have, or you don't get it because you ask to consume it on your own desires. 1 John chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence. Everybody say the word confidence. confidence. Say it like you mean it. Confidence. There you go. We have confidence. In what? I have confidence in my salvation. I have confidence in the Savior who died for me and gave his life for me, who died on the cross of Calvary, who was resurrected from the grave, and he is my Savior. He is my Lord. He is King of kings, and he is Lord of lords. 
and I belong to him. I can go to my father with the things that I desire. I can go to my father and say, okay, Lord, which is going to be better, to carpet the house or to you know, refinish those wood floors that look terrible? You know, Because I need to know, I want to make a good decision because hopefully we don't do this again for a few years. I'm in my middle 60s. I really don't want to, I want to kind of get it done and not have to do it again. You know, so I want to make good decisions. What? Go talk to the Father. I ask Him, Lord, I need your help. I need you to help me to know what the right decision is. He said, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him. Oh, now here comes the sticky part. Because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight. Condition. There's a condition. And His grace, His empowering grace, will help you to do that. But you need it every day of your life. Luke chapter 19, chapter 11, verses 9 through 13. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. The, the, the terminology, I think, is ask and keep on asking. Not because God is hard to please, because you've got an enemy out there that wants to keep you from getting what God has for you. You remember the story of the unjust judge? I disagree with a lot of preachers that I've heard say they're talking that, that the unjust judge is God. God is not, nor has he ever been unjust. There is an enemy of your soul that is definitely unjust. But the thing that that judge realized, I will have to answer her request because she won't shut up until I do. God needs some bulldog Christians. You understand what I'm getting at? There's this thing called bulldog tenacity. Now, I've never had a bulldog, but my understanding is, and, and pit bulls especially, if they, ever, they say if they ever get a hold of something, you can't get them to turn loose. As a child of God, you need to sit here and stand here or kneel there or whatever and tell Satan, you cannot have my children. You cannot have my grandchildren. You cannot have my church. You cannot have my pastor. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I plead the blood of Jesus over their lives. Satan, I command you in the name of Jesus to let them go free. I command you that your power, your influence, your control, and all of your works are defeated and commanded to, to expose themselves as the lie and the deception that they are every day every day here I come again Satan you just might as well get ready because I'm not giving up if, it, if I die and leave this earth I, my last prayer is going to be Satan you let them go keep on at it what is the one thing Paul said? Uh, uh, I hope I get this right. I think he said it in Ephesians. Look it up. Okay. But he said, stand fast in the Lord and the power of his might. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. And he talks about having the, the uh, Galatians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6. 
Go look it up. Read the whole chapter. You need it. But he said, stand. What the amplified version of that verse says, having done all the crisis demands, stand therefore in the power of his might. David, I, I love David. That little shepherd boy. Goliath's out there mouthing off. I don't want to go back, but I just I can just see this. I, I can see this in David. Goliath is mouthing off, cursing the God of Israel. David walks out on the battlefield, having talked to Saul, who was head and shoulders above everybody in, in, in the land of Israel, and he's sitting in his tent, quaking in his boots because he's too scared to face Goliath. And David, little boy David, young little David, says, I'll go fight him. And Saul says, oh, well, good. Here's my armor. And he, you know, imagine trying to put on a six-foot-tall guy's clothes. You know, look how stupid that was. His armor, you know, poor old David. I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> you know, he's probably nearly buckled. He said, wait a minute, King, this is not going to work. Let me go with what I know. What did he know? It wasn't the sling. It was not the rock. You can say what he, he had skill. Don't misunderstand me. But it was not the sling. It was not the rock. It was David's confession of faith when he walked out before Goliath. He said, you have cursed the God of Israel. But I'm here to tell you that the God of Israel will deliver you into my hand this day and I, this little boy, am fixing to take you out because God is going to deliver you into my hands. Goliath laughed. Goliath's not literally nine foot tall. David's probably, what, four foot six, maybe five foot. Who knows? The Bible says he was ruddy, so he's still probably fairly young. But you know what's, what won the battle? was David's confession. All of Israel heard David's confession. All of the land of the Philistines heard David's confession. And when David said, God's going to deliver you in my hands, there was no doubt in his mind. He took what he knew. He took the, the instruments that he was familiar with. He put that rock in that sling. He put fired that sling. But I am convinced to this day that when that rock left that sling, the hand of God went pow and shot that thing right through his forehead. Right, probably in the one vulnerable spot that you would want to hit. Now, David could have aimed it and did the best he can. I still believe you. I, we get to heaven. If you want to ask David, you go ask him. I may go ask him just to see. But I still believe it was his confession, and God killed Goliath. And David took Goliath's sword out. Now, Goliath's sword was like probably my height. David's probably this way. He took that sword out and sawed Goliath's head off with his own sword. Why? Because of his confession. He, he told Saul, he said, I killed a lion, I killed a bear. The same God that delivered me, the lion and the bear in the hands will deliver this uncircumcised Philistine who curses the God of Israel. Luke says, ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking because you will find, you will uh, for everyone that asks receives, the one who seeks finds, the one who knocks it will be opened. He goes on to say, if you, which one of you fathers ask, will his son ask for a fish instead of a fish you give him a snake? No, you can't. You don't tell Holly. Or will he even ask for an egg and his father give him a scorpion? 
So if you, despite being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? John chapter 5. John chapter 15, excuse me, verse 7. Here again is one of God's conditions. We can ask. We can receive, but here's one of God's conditions. If you remain in me, Why did Israel go through so much nonsense? Because they would not remain with God. They simply would not do what God told them to do. And it wasn't that hard. Read my word. Know what it says. Don't wait for Sunday morning for some preacher to tell you everything in the Bible because it ain't going to happen. You've got to know it for yourself. Because there'll be times you call the preacher and the preacher may be sick and can't come. There'll be times when you will face situations out on the highway and there's not time enough to call the preacher or anybody else. It's only time enough to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and watch God deliver you out of bad situations. It's happened to more people than, than you probably will believe that God took them out of situations that could have very easily taken their life. Why? Because they knew how to call on the name of the Lord. If you remain in me, regardless, listen to me, regardless if everything goes the way you want to, regardless if nothing goes the way you want to. Now here's where our faith meets the road, church. If God doesn't, Will you still praise him as King of kings and Lord of lords? If God doesn't do it the way you think he ought to, will you still trust him? If God doesn't answer it when you think he ought to, Lord, I'm listening, sir. Trust me. I get antsy. It's like, okay, Lord, it's time to move into a house let's get this stuff done we get other one fixed get it you know I'm really not in real fond of owning two houses at the same time I want to get one sold so we can hopefully pay off the other one that we just bought you know and work on it like we need to but it seems like it's taking longer than I want it to <coughs> pardon me but my face says whether he does or whether he doesn't I will serve him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego back to them. Our God is able, but if he doesn't, we will not bow down to your idol. That was their way of saying, we trust God. Either And then, the, then they, they kind of put a little stinger in there. And even if he doesn't, Nebuchadnezzar, we're out of your hands. They were. Even if they'd have died in the furnace, Nebuchadnezzar couldn't have done another thing too. What did Jesus say? Don't fear him who's able to kill the body, but rather fear him who is able to destroy body and soul in hell. Fear God. There are conditions. He said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. Church, those are the most important. You need to underline those words in your Bible, highlight them in your Bible. Because so many people want to go back to Mark eleven twenty four. Anything that I ask, I believe I receive, I will have it. No, 
Because God is smart enough and God is intelligent enough. God loves you enough to tell you no. If you're not wise enough, tell yourself he is. If I don't need it, God, you let me know. You hold it back. Because I don't want anything that's not going to help me be what God wants me to be. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you will ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. You know why that works? It's because when God's word rules our hearts and lives, we know those things that please him. We know the things to ask for. We know if it's a want or if it's a need. Kind of amazes me, you know, these people. Got a, I need the newest iPhone. No, you don't. I got an Android. Works just fine. It's got more stuff on it than I know how to use. So why would I want one of them other fancier things? I have enough fun with what do I got. I don't need any more heartaches and headaches. You know. But how many, how many of this world is driven by? We've got to have the latest fad. We've got to be wearing the latest clothes. We've got to be doing the latest thing. We've got to have the latest iPhone. There's nothing wrong with that, but if that's all that's driving you, you're missing life. I need Jesus more than anything in this world. I need Jesus. Because with Jesus, honey, I'm walking through those pearly gates. I can know that I know that I know and so can you that Jesus Christ is your Savior and your Lord and he will go with you all of the way and carry you half the times there have been times I'm sure he's cured I'm sure there are things that have happened that I have never even understood or even knew about where God protected me because why? because he loves me that much every head bowed Every eye closed for a moment. We can ask. We have that privilege to ask. Do not hesitate to go to the Father God and ask Him. Be honest with Him. Be real with Him. Say, Lord, I really don't understand this. You know, Faith and I, you know, these past few weeks we've looked and we've said, Lord, did we miss you somewhere? You know? It, you know, we're trying to listen, but did we miss you somehow? Did, did, did we, you know, did we think you said something you didn't say? Then the Lord will make something work, and, and we'll say, okay, all right, Lord. Well, about four or five hours, the day that we were supposed to close on the house, we got a call. DHS put a lien on the house. And Faith and I are going, Lord, are you trying to tell us something? We're trying to hear. But we prayed. Faith said, Lord, you can change this around right now. Not much longer than she got through praying it. They called and said, okay, it's all straightened out. We're still on. Thank you, Lord. But I'm really going to be from Missouri. I'll believe it once I sign my little hot name on the paper. But he, he came through. I'm going to trust him. Leaning on the everlasting, that's an old hymn, but church, that means everything. That is the only way we're going to make it. If you're here tonight, you don't know Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life. He is not waiting to tell you no. 
he's wanting to say he was saying to you come to me all you that labor and are heavy laden I will give you rest if you're here tonight and you need to make Jesus Savior and Lord of your life there is no better time than right now you can have that confidence of knowing that Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord and you can go to him you can go to the Father with any need and every need you've got and God will help you get through it and help you overcome it if you need to whatever you need he, he wants to do that that's how much he loves you he loved you enough to give his only begotten son so that we could have life if you're here tonight and that's you you raise your hand we'll pray with you if you're at home watching this uh, by way of social media by way of the internet all you've got to do is say Jesus I need you in my life I believe you came to be my Savior, and that's what I want you to be in my life. Come in, change me, make me hope. He will change you. He will start giving you new desires that you will know that he's yours and you're his. All you have to do is just simple prayer. Just say, Jesus, come into my life, and he'll do it. I want to pray for you tonight. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this church. Father God, I plead the blood of Jesus over this church over Pastor Marcus, Sister Stacy, the girls, over this church and its ministries, over these people, that, Father God, that we will continue to seek you for your will. Lord, that we will continue to seek that we are where we need to be spiritually to be of a benefit to this church. That, Father God, you will cause those that need to be placed in this house to come from the east and the west and the north and the south. Fill this house with people that are hungry to know Jesus as Savior and Lord of their life. Fill this church with your Holy Spirit. And may our, this church, that these people that are attending here, be filled with the Holy Spirit of God so much that they will go out and reach out and touch their, the lives of those around them. They'll touch those that come in. They'll be friendly to them. And they will pray with them if they need it. God, build this church for your honor and your glory and your praise. Father, I pray for healing. Lord, for everyone that's a part of this church that needs healing tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare by your stripes, Jesus, they are and they were healed right now in Jesus' name. And, Father, we thank you for all of these things in the precious, in the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen. Thank you guys so much. Uh,